are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, take two. Welcome to Locked On Mariners. Apologies for no episode on Monday. If you missed our tweet, we completely recorded Monday's show, but when I went to edit it, my audio was completely blown out and we just couldn't use it. So we're going to record this uh, this episode again, and hopefully everything works out well this time. Uh, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. Happy eight-year anniversary of Super Bowl 48 to you if you're a Seahawks fan. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T. One one. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Uh, it's a lot of fun over there. So if you want to get more of us, especially during this time when we're only recording three episodes a week, uh, or in this case, this week, two episodes, uh, hop on over to patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested So because we lost our episode on Monday, we're going to be doing our weekly mailbag all over again. We had eight questions we went over during that recording, and that's where we're going to be sticking to over the next 30 or so minutes. So if you submitted a question after we recorded on Monday, we're going to get to that uh, next week. We have it saved. uh, If you sent if you submitted a question, I know that Daisy and the Dingo had a couple questions. We'll get to those next week. Uh, But for now, we're going to stick to the uh, to the questions that we we had on our show sheet on monday and uh if this is your first time joining us welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this we greatly appreciate it so let's start with the uh the questions that we got via email and we're going to start with uh jay Qua, who says uh he's got a couple of questions by the way but uh jay Qua's first question uh asks about chris flexen um saying that he was a surprise 14-game winner last season, and uh, and he wants to know uh, who we think will be this year's surprise 14-game winning pitcher on the Mariners. Colby, you want to start? Uh, yeah, so obviously given this more thought since the last time I answered, but uh, I, I, I still think the correct answer is probably Chris Flexen, who I think a lot of people are assuming is due for regression uh, now that the league has gotten a look at him and and, you know, they're familiar with what he's what he's capable of. Um, and there will be an adjustment period there at some point. But we also saw adjustment periods for Flexen in season, and he was able to uh, make those adjustments in season. So I, I, I think this idea that there's, you know, there's nothing left for his, like his stuff can't get a little bit better. There's nothing really that he can improve on. I don't think that's accurate because we saw him do it through the season we saw you know he was he was really cutter heavy early and then he started to use the changeup more and then the changeup was having issues so he went to the curveball and then we saw velocity you know you know kind of uptick a little bit towards the end of the year like he was not running out of gas mm-hmm. at the end of the year so i i think there's still a little bit more in flexin and i think just this idea that like well you know flexin was a good one-year hit but after this year he's probably like he's a number five and, and blah 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 it's like, I don't yeah. know, man. I, I think Flexen might have good enough stuff to be a number three, like a, a low middling three. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think the answer might be Chris Flexen surprises people and does it again. I can't really think of anybody else that would be all yeah. that surprising 
out of the the four guys who are in the rotation right now. So unless you're willing to say like Justin Dunn or, or Justice Sheffield or or George Kirby gets called up soon enough to win 14 games, I just I think the answer is Chris Flexen. Yeah, I don't think that it can really be anyone else like you mentioned. I mean, you look at Marco Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez has won 16 games before. I think he could you know, do that again. I mean, wins in the end for pitchers are, are not really all that important. They don't really tell the majority of the story. I mean, heck, you know, if you're a closer, I mean, we, we saw Fernando Rodney win a bunch of games after he blew, uh, you know, the, a lead in the ninth inning, et cetera. So, you know, these, these things in the end don't really matter, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think like, would even, you know, Logan Gilbert in this situation be a surprise? Cause I think he's going to take a huge step. We're going to be talking about him uh, a little bit more later on in this show, but yeah, like I, I don't really think that there's, um, there's like one clear surprise name in here other than Chris Flexen, because I'm kind of in that same boat where I'm a little bit hesitant on Flexen. I, I, you know, I was very impressed with what we saw out of him this past year. I mean, how could you not be? Uh, especially when you saw, as you mentioned, the velocity uptick, we saw him reaching 95. Um, that, that was, that was really intriguing. Um, and, and I'm, I'm interested to see how, you know, cause we've been talking a lot about how the league is going to adjust to flexing, but how is flexing going to adjust to the league knowing that now they have a full book on him? And so that, that's really interesting to me. And I, I think, you know, the ballpark um, is a good fit for him. Um, I, I think, you know, you saw some growth out of him. You saw him comfortable. You saw, you know, you saw him really become the most consistent starter in the Mariners rotation last year. And so that, that helps with, with confidence. And, uh, I'm, I'm really, um, really interested to see how, how maybe he, he picks that up and, and progresses forward instead of regressing, which seems to be kind of the assumption on him, but, Maybe we should pump the brakes on that. Maybe Chris Flexen is actually good. Maybe Chris Flexen can win 14 games again in 2022. So, uh, yeah, that, w- that would be my choice as well. I think he's really the, the clear choice because a lot of people are uh, kind of down on him right now heading into this year. But maybe they shouldn't be. Who knows? Uh, so the other question that we got from Jay Qua asked about jerseys. Uh, is it time for the Mariners to use a new Sunday jersey? For me, I'm going to say no, because I actually really like the Sunday jerseys. I think it's honestly, it's my favorite of the ones that they currently wear. Um, I love the colors. You know, the, that's the, the the color palette that I wish that they would get back to when they eventually rebrand. We we thought that was probably going to happen this year, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So I guess next year, hopefully, um, with the All-Star game and everything, they're, they're going to be doing that. Um but uh, yeah, I, I I don't think that they um, that they need to change right now. I would assume they're probably changing in about a year's time. But right now, no, I like those jerseys a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think Ty and I actually correctly um, assume that uh, the Mariners were going to do a uniform uh, rebrand this winter. Um, and it may, it would make sense with kind of this new era of Mariners baseball being ushered in and, you know, that's, you're coming off of a 91 season and you have all these young kids coming up. It would, it made sense. And obviously Kevin Martinez was dropping hints on Twitter, asking about uniform colors and all that stuff. 
Um, I think that changed when the Mariners got the all-star game and when it became painfully clear that we were headed towards a lockout Um, because doing it now a year before you get the all-star game and a year before or any year in which, you know, players and owners are at each other's throats. I think that's why we're not getting new uniforms this winter. Like we thought, I think we're going to get them next winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Sundays, it's I, unfortunate too. Cause I, I, I feel like this is a good time to do it too. Cause this really feels like the switch is being flipped, right? It feels like this is a new era of Mariners baseball. It's also the first off season where you're getting, you know, where you're targeting some big names. You already got Robbie Ray. Like imagine like, having Robbie Ray and, and Trevor story, you know, making their first appearance as Mariners and, and you know, new uniforms and signal signaling the new era of Mariners baseball. Then you got Julio coming up and George yeah. Kirby, et cetera. It just, it kind of, it kind of feels weird delaying it by a year uh, and kind of um, having all of this stuff happen in, in a, in what is ultimately going to be looked upon as a, as you know, an older era of Mariners baseball, but um yeah you know in the end it, it doesn't really matter but um yeah it's 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 it is kind of you know it is kind of unfortunate and you know there was never like any confirmation or anything that was really official that was pointing in the direction of this happening this off season there was some murmurs there was um someone on reddit that that i don't know people seem to gravitate to that that said some stuff about the um about the uniforms and kind of the direction the Mariners were heading. It seemed like there was going to be more emphasis on the Northwest green. The Reddit post said, but who knows if that was real, right? Anyone can have a, uh, a Reddit, you know, um, account. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, Jay uh, I, I, I like them. Uh, I like the Sunday, uh, uniforms and I hope even if they, uh, if they do rebrand, um, soon and, they do lean more into the into the to the navy and the northwest green that they still maintain some sort of nod to the to the older color palette of the the blue and the gold um in some way if that's you know maybe doing a different iteration of the sunday alternates where it's still cream with the you know it's still a cream base with the the blue and gold or or what have you i, w- I would like to see that stick around in, in some form so We'll see. We'll see what they do. I'm I'm excited about it though. It's always fun when you get new uniforms and you know see your your team get rebranded. Unless you're the Washington Commanders, which ugh, those uniforms are terrible. Welcome to the AAF. It's so bad, right? Like they spent two years on that to make them look like an AAF team. It's terrible. Anyway, that's not. This is not a Washington Commanders podcast. Uh, this is a Seattle Mariners podcast, and we're going to be talking about Logan Gilbert now. Um, Cole has a question uh, asking about Gilbert and and what we think his ceiling is in terms of rotation spots and his whole career. Um, I think this year, you know, Gilbert at most is probably going to be number three in the rotation with a more, you know, with the likelihood that he's probably going to be four or five in the rotation. Um, ultimately, that doesn't matter in the end but I, I that's probably how they have it structured especially if they add someone like Sonny Gray um, I don't you know he might get in over like he, they might put him in front of Flexen but who knows um, as as far as his whole career goes though like I still see Logan Gilbert as a high end two at the end of the day like I think he's going to be a really good pitcher at, at, who who flashes you know number one um 
you know, more, you know, quite often, but I think he's going to be solidly a, a high end number two for, for a good part of his career. And, uh, and I think that might actually start this year. We'll see. Like, the fact that he was able to pitch as well as he did in September, especially against the quality of, of, of opponent that he faced with really just one pitch, the, the fastball working for him, it's incredibly impressive. Um, so if he can get everything else working, I mean, it, it's hard not to be really excited about uh, about what that could mean for, for Logan Gilbert moving forward. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have very high expectations for him. I don't think that he's going to be an ace. I don't think he's going to be uh, consistent. Number one, I think we'll see flashes of that. I think they, there might even be a year or two where he pitches at a number one level. Uh, but I think mostly like when we, you know, say hopefully, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, when Logan Gilbert eventually calls it a career, we can look back on his career and, and say, yeah, he was definitively like a high end two for the majority of his career. Colby. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, I think, you know, he's, I think the most you can reasonably expect from him this year is to be a pretty solid number three. Um, and I think his ceiling falls short of ace. Uh, we'll see it, it, to be uh-huh. an ace. He's going to have to get the slider and the change up, uh, you know, working. And last, last year we never saw him have a start where he had both of those off speed pitches. It was one or the other or none. Mm-hmm. And he still competed very right. well, so that's that's obviously a good sign. Um, I think you know he's he's mm-hmm. probably going to tap out in that Aaron Nola range. Um, if you're looking mm. for a, an actual comp here, uh, but yeah, so this year I would expect him to be you know better than he was last year, uh, but not quite reaching his his overall potential. But uh, I think long term he's probably a really solid number two. Um, with uh, mm-hmm. I would throw an Aaron Nola comp on him. All right, we're going to be talking about catchers in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well... Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And with Built Bar, you're not sacrificing flavor. There are so many amazing flavors to choose from, from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 right now and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate your support. Let's get back into your questions for our weekly mailbag, starting with Hayden, who uh, says, hey, guys, love the show. Thank you so much, Hayden. Appreciate you tuning in. I am concerned like you all are about our catcher position going into 2022 and beyond. Do you guys ever see Mike Zanino coming back in 2023 as a free agent or what other catchers would you like to see here in Seattle? If our current catchers don't 
pan out. Thanks for everything. Thank you for the question, Hayden. So how are we feeling about the catcher position going into 2022, Colby? You got Tom Murphy. You got Luis Torrens. You got Cal Raleigh, who probably needs to start the year in Tacoma. And then what do you think about the prospect of, of bringing back Mike Zanino at some point? We've obviously talked about him a few times on Fan Fiction Friday episodes. I think a lot of Mariners fans are interested in bringing back Zanino. Um, but how do you think that could work? And uh, where do you think the Mariners really are? Like, do you, could it be worse? Could it be a lot better? Um, what's your, your level of concern here? Um, so I think uh, Mariners current catching situation is suboptimal, but not disastrous. If that makes sense. Um, Right. This the things we saw from Tom Murphy in the second half of last year make him about a league average catcher. Um, and then obviously what we saw in 2019 was more than that. So uh, really, it's just a, a two month blip uh, for Murphy, who re- you know remember did not play baseball in 2020. Uh, I think he broke his ankle in the summer camp and uh, he never got back. So uh, yeah, you know, kind of took him a little while to to get settled, but. Overall, he's okay. Mm-hmm. You you would love for him to be your number two. Um, Cal Raleigh, like you said, probably needs to go to AAA, but it sure sounds like the Mariners are going to put him on the opening day roster. Um, so hopefully that's, you know, hopefully there's some real improvement there because he was objectively awful uh, during his stint last year. So, yeah, it's not ideal. Are you concerned about that, by the way? Having no. three catchers? Oh, that. Um yeah, I the, the, guess they probably like, don't consider Torrens a catcher if they're carrying Murphy and Raleigh, right? Yeah, the 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 thing though that's interesting about that, right, is like after the season, Scott Service said like Luis Torrens is going to catch. Yeah, unprompted. So what's he, changed? Well, unprompted, he brought him up as being in the catcher mix next year. But right, you know, again, we we had heard rumors that Luis Torrens just doesn't want to catch, like he's he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and obviously yeah. there's the other benefit of, well, when he stopped catching last year, that happened to coincide with him turning into our best hitter or second best hitter um, mm. in June till the end of the year. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of like, hey, are you willing to trade some of that bat for below average catcher defense? Which, I mean, I know, I know last year was god awful, but the year before he was OK back there. Right. So. What's what's right. more important to you? So yeah, I I think that the Mariners, I don't think they're going to make a splash at catcher this this winter. There's really not a splash guy to go get. No. Anyways, oh the the, the market is a barren wa- is a barren wasteland right now. Like, free agency Kurt wise, Suzuki that, is probably and, your and best that, option. In free yeah, agency, and that subsequently is going to impact the trade market, where it's just going to make teams probably ask for ridiculous returns on some of their guys even someone that has a year left you know just one year left like a like a wilson Contreras. yeah now you get to the trade deadline maybe that plan changes maybe the the prices come down right especially for a team like the cubs that i don't think is going to be competing in in you know 2022 at least not to the point where they're going to be unwilling to trade off a basically a rental at catcher especially now that they've signed Jan gomes um i i I don't know. I, I, it's just right now, there's just no real options 
for the Mariners uh, to get better at the position. And really, in the at the end of the day, you could probably be a lot worse than you are right now. Um, I think Tom Murphy, you know, solid defensive catcher. Obviously, last year wasn't, but I think he can be a solid defensive catcher again. Um, I think he can at least provide some offensive pr- production here and there. Like he doesn't feel like an like a total black hole in your lineup, like some catchers end up feeling. Um, and then you know if you can get anything out of out of Terenz defensively, cool. If not, I mean, hopefully you find another spot for him to play because I I don't know having like you have a lot of guys that don't really provide any defensive value or value on the base pass right now. Um, and so that, that does concern me having too many of those guys, especially if you're ca- carrying technically three catchers or two, what, however you feel about Luis Torrens, you know, if Raleigh's in that mix as well, so I don't know. There's just a lot of guys with a very similar profile in there, at least offensively. Um, and that's just, uh, uh I'm not super excited about no. that. I would like a little more defensive versatility. I would like some more speed. I would like, you know, that's how I would like for this team to be built, especially on the bench. But, um, yeah, as far as uh, catching depth goes, though, like this is going to be it. Probably I wouldn't expect them to suddenly be in the market for like Sean Murphy or Car- Carson Kelly or someone like that. Like, I just I think it's going to get way too. If expensive those guys were front. even available. So. so. That's true too. Yeah, that's true so, too. So, uh, yeah, but Mike Sanino next year, it could make sense. Yeah, um, absolutely could. Yeah, um, because you know next year they'll have more information on Raleigh. They'll have more information on Murphy, um, and you know they'll obviously they'll know what Luis Torrens' future is defensively at that point. Um, and yeah, Zanino would be appealing because he at least gives you some offensive value. Hits for power. And he's a really good defender. So, yeah, he would make a lot of sense, especially for a team like Seattle, who we are hoping is coming off of a deep playoff run and now has eyes instead of, you know, breaking a playoff drought. Their their new goal is to win the World Series, and, and you don't want right. black holes on your roster to win, if you're trying to win a World Series. So Zanino would, would right. certainly fill that gap. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely possible this winter. Um you know, and there's an outside shot that Zanino's made available in July, you know, regardless of if the Rays are in the playoff race or not. And if he is, then I would be very interested if I were Seattle. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, like most players to teams, it's, it's not likely. You know, the overwhelming odds are yeah. that he goes elsewhere, but it's definitely a possibility. And, and it's re- you really don't have to squint that hard to see a scenario where Mike Zanino to the Mariners makes a ton of sense for both player and team next, next winter. Yeah. Um, so Cody switching over to Twitter here. Now Cody Anderson at code underscore mode for, uh, 15 asks about Cal Raleigh. Do you believe that Cal Raleigh is going to be the Mariners future everyday catcher, or is he just keeping the seat warm for Harry Ford? Who has the higher ceiling and floor? Um, the, the second to answer the second part of that question, it's, it's Harry Ford because wherever he ends up defensively, he's going to play up the middle catcher, second base center field, what have you, um, at least in terms of the higher ceiling. Right. I think floor wise Colby, you said this in the recording that has been lost now that Raleigh's already made the big leagues. 
so technically he has the you know the the better floor of the two here because there's obviously the the shot that Harry Ford doesn't make the major leagues right we haven't seen that yet we all assume that he's going to at some point I'm pretty confident that he will at some point yep but um yeah right now yeah Raleigh has has the floor but Ford by far has the ceiling because he's going to play up the middle he's got power he's got the athleticism that alone um makes him you know like he's the better asset right if we're just stacking the two up against one another um but yeah Raleigh I'm confident that Raleigh is going to be a good major leaguer at some point though I think I think the bat is eventually going to come around I think he's going to hit for a ton of power I think he's going to be at least an average defensive catcher. Like, I, I think he's going to be a good major leaguer. I don't know if that's going to be a 2022, but I think at some point we're going to see Cal Raleigh etch out a, a a pretty solid career for himself. I mean, Colby, you compared him to Jared Salta Lamacchia, which you said, you know, didn't uh, probably doesn't seem like a like a compliment at first. You know, it doesn't seem like a good thing at first. But Jared Salta Lamacchia actually had a really good career when you when you look at it. And so, you know, I think Cal Raleigh, I, I agree with you. I think Cal Raleigh could be um, in that, that kind of that mold or even better. Yeah. Th- there's still the outside shot that he's Jason Baratek. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I don't believe in, you know, blank of the future because the future is so random right. and chaotic. And it's like, well, sure. Maybe Raleigh is the guy who's most likely to be the catcher in, you know, what, what's the future 2025. Maybe he's the guy who's most likely to be that, but maybe you Mm -hmm. trade Cal Raleigh and you end up with Jose Ramirez or, you know what I mean? Maybe he's in the, maybe you trade for Carson Kelly and and Cal Raleigh's in that deal. Like, I don't know. So I don't like the, of the future label really for anybody. Um, so yeah. And especially a catcher because there's a certain point where a guy hits so much, it just doesn't make sense to have him behind the plate. Um, and that could be what happens to Harry Ford. So, yeah, who's most likely to be the the Mariners' starting catcher? Let's say three years down the road, probably Cal Raleigh. But it's there's far too mm. many uh, variables to uh, to make that right a reality. So I, I just catcher of the future might not even be in the organization right now. Probably Pretty good a, shot, actually. Yeah, it's best, yeah. Catchers are kind of like mercenaries; they just kind of bounce around from team to team and. You give them a year or two, and then right. you, you try something else. And like the JT Real Mutos, they're they're the outliers. You know, Yasmani Grandal, Salvador Perez, they're outliers. So most teams yeah. have, you know, the Austin Romine and, uh, you know, that Tom Murphy. Like those are their guys. So yeah, it's just incredibly hard to have a to right. plan for anybody to be behind the dish long term. So just be careful with that. But uh, yeah, Harry Ford higher ceiling. Uh, Cal Raleigh's at least a backup major league catcher. So that's the higher floor. Um, and yeah, I'm, mm. I'm still confident that, that, you know, I, here's what I, I would not be shocked if, you know, 10 years from now we look at Cal Raleigh and we go, yeah, I mean, he made an all-star team, you know, hit 260, hit 20 home runs a couple years, just solid average defensive guy. Like, yeah. I, that that would not shock me at all. Yeah, but uh, it's sure. it's so hard to know with catchers. It's the hardest position to project. So this one's kind of quick. Uh, Alex Lubbetter wants to know if the uh, the Mariners don't 
acquire another starter. Who is the fifth man in the rotation come opening day? I, I mean, right now it's probably between Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, maybe Matt Brash. I mean, he's on the 40 man roster. It's not Brandon Williamson or George Kirby. Right. Um, but right now I think it would probably be Justin Dunn. Yep. Right. I mean, like for me personally, and of course, you know, noted Matt Brash, Stan, Ty Gonzalez here. It would be Matt Brash for me. Highest upside. He's already on the 40 man. He's already accruing service time. That seems like a no brainer to me. Uh, especially because I just like, look, Dunn showed some nice things last year in spurts, but he's coming off of an injury, significant one on that. And he didn't have any control last year. The walks were just astronomical. It was, it was bad. Um, Justice Sheffield. I mean, he's got a long way to go. Um, I like if the, if Justice Sheffield is, is the fifth man in the Mariners rotation, something has gone horribly, 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 horribly wrong. Um, so yeah, I don't know for me, my preference would be, would be brash, but if I had to guess, it's probably Justin Dunn. Yeah, I would agree. Just better stuff, Uh, but it's not going to be either there. They're they're going to trade for someone. They're, they're whether it's Sunny Gray, whether it's whatever, or they're going to go out and sign someone, Michael Pineda, yeah. whoever. Their number right? like they're 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 going to add another starter. Feels I feel pretty confident their number five, the guy that we call their number five, is going to actually be a number four or number three, because uh, it's going to be yeah. probably Flexen or or Marco or or Gilbert because they're going to add somebody with a little bit more upside than those three. That's just my guess, but I feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have, I believe, three questions to go, and we're going to be answering those in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, three questions to go. Let's start with Daniel Francis who says, I haven't heard a lot on Ken Giles. Obviously, the Mariners liked him to sign him for two years, knowing they would get one. Um, What do you all see as his ceiling floor? And what do you expect to see from him in 2022? How's the arm? In terms of how the arm is, I wouldn't know. (laughs) Colby wouldn't know. We're not in the organization, so um, could not tell you on that. I would assume that he's progressing fine. He's going to be ready for opening day. Um, That's just kind of an assumption though, but um, what do I expect from him? I think at the end of the day, I think we're, you know, when it's the end of the season and we're looking back on, on Ken Giles this year, I think he's going to be one of their high leverage relievers. I, I think he's going to be a solid seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy, even, you know, depending on the situation. Plus they have, they have so many other bullets to fire out of that bullpen as well with Paul Seawald and Casey Sadler and Diego Castillo and Drew Steckenrider and Andres Munoz and Johan Ramirez, Eric Swanson, et cetera. Like this, this bullpen is very talented and it's a good spot for Ken Giles to be in after, you know, recovering from his surgery, 
uh, getting back into the swing of things. There isn't a ton of pressure on him to be the guy of the bullpen. Like they, they don't need him to come in and, and be the, you know, the, the closer, you know, quote unquote, the, um, or, you know, their, their top high leverage guy. They have a bunch of other guys that could fill that role and fill that role nicely. And, um, and so really what he does is in the end is just lengthen a really good bullpen, like an already really good bullpen. And that's exciting um, because you just, you have so much depth there and they should still add that depth. But, you know, it's uh for, for Giles, you know, it's a fastball slider combo when he's on his game, when he's a hundred percent, I mean, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. Um, I don't think he's going to be that at least not right away, even with, you know, how far, um, you know, we, we've come here with, with athletes recovering from things like ACL tears and UCL tears and, you know, Tommy John surgery, et cetera. Um, they, um, they still struggle to, to get back in the swing of things right away. Right. Like they, they're not going to be, you know, kid Giles isn't going to come out. I don't think and be at peak performance on opening day. I mean, really no one is, even if they're not coming off of an injury, but you know, I, I don't think he, I don't know if we're going to see, you know, peak prime Ken Giles at any point this season, but I think he's going to be solid. Um, and I think that's, that's really all you need him to be is a, a solid version of himself that, that bolsters this, this bullpen even further. And, uh, you know, gives you, you know, more ways to be, you know, gives Scott service more ways to be creative with how he uses his bullpen this year. So uh, his addition is really exciting um, at the end of it. So, and, and we'll see what he brings to the table. I don't think we're going to see a top 10 reliever, but I think we're going to see someone that uh, very, very well fits in with Castillo and Stecken Rider and Sadler and Seawald, et cetera. I feel like the ceiling for, for Giles is top 10, top 15 reliever, uh, but probably not top five. And I think, you know, the year after Tommy John, the, your first year back is, is always difficult. And usually it's with command more so than it is stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's probably going to be some blow ups. There's probably going to be some some hiccups along the way. But uh, I think we're going to see when he's good, he's going to look really, really good. And, and when he's off, you know, it might be a, a couple outing struggle for him. It's something you have to live with and it's the risk you take. But thankfully for the Mariners, uh, like Ty said, they have built-in fail-safes in case Giles Mm -hmm. just can't get back to his normal self in 2022, which is a possibility. So, um, you know, if if Giles was the only guy we felt like was a high-leverage arm in the Mariners' bullpen, it would be really concerning. But right now, you have to kind of think of him as a bonus, and uh, it it has the potential to pay off huge. Um, But it's also why Ty and I have have not stopped looking for – more additional bullpen help stopped advocating right. for going and get, and it doesn't have to be like a, you know, Rizal Iglesias type. It can just be a, yeah, you know, Steve C shack or, uh, or, uh, who's the guy that you were at? Ryan Tapera. Is that, that's the guy you like, Ty? Yeah. Like you can just yeah. be somebody like that. Just somebody who can give you a couple of innings in the middle of a game. And, and just, so you don't have to use Seawald in, in the fifth, uh, unless you want right. to. So, right. uh, yeah. yeah, but, uh, Mariners bullpen still in good shape and it could get even better if Giles can uh, return to form uh, in 2022 yeah. and there's a decent shot yeah. he does. And if there are some blow ups, hopefully he doesn't punch himself in the face. <laughs> eh, uh, you know, whatever works. Yeah, he, he, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as long as he's punching into himself into the zone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And not a wall. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a pitcher, don't punch a wall or a door yeah. or anything that could, you're going to lose. Yeah. All right. Aiden wants to uh, wants to hear our thoughts on uh, Mariners prospect Milkar Perez. Will he make the top thirty in the Mariners system by the end of the year? He's already well in there uh, for us. I think Colby and I we both have him in our top fifteen, close to our top ten. Yep. Um, and a lot of other outlets do as well for the Mariners. So um, that's, that's yeah, that's not even a question. Um, he wants to know if we have a player comp on him and what does he have to do to become an elite prospect? Well, there aren't many elite prospects in the game in general uh, on a per, per year basis. And and I don't think that Milkar Perez uh, really has a, uh, a path to getting there, but he is a good prospect, um, a really interesting one. Uh, that I think is going to uh, to uh, catch some attention this year, uh, especially now that uh, now that he's stateside. So, um, Colby, you you have any player comps or anything that you want to share on on Milkar? Uh, yeah, uh, real fast. Answer the question about can he be an elite prospect? Probably not. Um, but if he was were to ever get there, it would be because the in game power uh, really explodes, and uh, right. he also probably got at least half a grade if not a full grade better at third base defensively which again is still possible yeah. because he's only 20 years old um but and he's just, he's not there's not a lot of projected growth left in him either and he has a rocket for an arm so if he just has average right. range at third base he's going to be fine there um, right. but those are the things that have to happen for him to get there based on where he stands right now he's he's kind of a you know not, not a slap hitter i don't want to say that he's kind of a slasher though um, you know, his power is going to come in the form of doubles, but he's going to make a lot of contact. He's not going to strike out. Um, he's probably going to be athletic enough and good enough to move around and play a couple positions, but probably not be, you know, above average at any of them, if that makes sense. Uh, his best shot to do that might be in right field. Um, but yeah, he kind of reminds me of Minnesota twins, uh, infielder Luis Arise, who, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Ty uh, does not like him for some reason, but I do, um, I do like him. Yeah, you, this is wrong. You, you poo pooed his abilities quite a bit. This is propaganda. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, I mean the guy. I just if you don't know who Luis Arise is, he's a career three thirteen. Um, sorry, he's a career three thirteen, three seventy four, four oh three hitter, mm-hmm. one thirteen WRC plus. So he's an average guy. Uh, actually takes a good amount of walks, nine percent walk rate in his career. 9.1% K rate. He's a contact guy, not a lot of home run power, but he'll hit some doubles, lots of singles, uh, gets on base. Like, I think that's who Milkar Perez can be. And if he is, you know, the Mariners have a very underrated prospect in their system. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I would expect from Milkar. If, if he takes a big jump and he starts hitting 20 home runs in high A ball this year, I mean, then he's on high alert to move up into the top, you know, top mm-hmm. seven or eight in a midseason right. re-rank. Um, but I, I would just expect him to continue to hit line drives. And, and if that's all he does, then that's fine because he hits so many line drives that he's probably go he probably would hit for a high average if he continues to progress. Yeah, no, the hit tool is um uh, is, is something to behold. Uh, I'd give that, it a six. That's legit. Yeah, that's a that's a legit uh, head tool that he has there so i think that alone is going to carry him at least into a uh in, 
into a big to the high career. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see if he actually you know can sustain that at the major league level. But I think he's it at least going to get there. It might end up being a seventy hit tool. Yeah, which is you know in layman's terms, that's consistent three hundred hitter. Mm-hmm. And then if you add some power onto that, I mean, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know if that still gets him to. Uh, elite prospect level because again like you said like he's got to get better defensively he's got the arm for it but he's still you know everything else that goes into that and depending on where else he could play i mean maybe like in a corner outfield spot but um yeah it's uh, that's still a a pretty huge question mark on milk car but um we'll see he's really interesting and um He's one of the few. Uh, he's one of the many guys, actually, that I'm. I'm really excited to uh, to see play this year. So, um, one, of, one one of the reasons I, I like I I would give Milkar a decent shot to to improve in the power department. It is pretty good uh-huh. bat speed. Um, yeah. So it just comes down to how much average are you willing to trade for power? Because I think that is the trade that Milkar would have to make. Um, right. but we'll see he's he's very young he's only got you know uh six games at the a ball level so he's probably starting the year in modesto and we'll see how he go- how he does all right so fun question to wrap things up and we'll keep the this uh short and sweet uh this comes from cody anderson at code underscored mode 15 uh who asks if you were in the majors what would your walk-up song be uh for me um I mean, if you've listened to the show enough or you've listened to our other shows, you know, I'm a huge Kid Cudi stan, so it's got to be something from Cudi. I'll go Revavev, which is not my favorite Cudi song, but it's got that, like, war cry type of uh, chorus in it that, you know, I, I'd feel pretty hype going up to the plate. I feel like I was ready to crank a dinger or two. So uh, that's that's my answer. Colby? Uh, yeah, for me, it's This Is America. Uh this is America. Yeah. Um, you guys can probably figure out which part would I would use for a, uh, a walk-up song. Uh, or rather the remember, parts that he wouldn't use. Yes, that's more <laughs> that the more important uh, phrase, phraseology or whatever you want to call it there. Um, but yeah, you got to remember, walk-up songs are like 15 seconds max. So mm-hmm. you can't just pick a whole song. You have to pick like a specific section of a song. So uh, it's different than like bullpen entrance music, which uh, for me would probably be Shoot to Thrill by ACDC. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is America's great, uh, great choice as well. That that beat is nasty. So mm-hmm. yeah, walking up to that, that's uh, that's gonna strike some fear in, in people. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's gonna do it for our show today. Thank you again for uh, for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tyne Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, Z-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now, make your second listen of the day Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you on Friday for Fan Fiction Friday. Be sure to submit your trade proposals for the Mariners to us at Locked On Mariners uh, and uh, our email at uh, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. We will see you then.
Peace.